practice more. Um, trying to figure out that Coldplay riff. It's not new. Uh, whatever. Um, Everglow. My Coldplay. That's how bad I am. I've been trying to figure that thing out. I, I'm not even playing it in the right thing. I'm doing like a version of it that I can do because I'm a drummer. But there's this one tutorial of it. Uh, this guy like actually breaks it down because for whatever it's worth, Chris Martin is an absolute monster. I mean, I've seen him, seen him a couple times live, but the dude, like as a musician, just let's say he never sang, let's say he didn't, never wrote just hands. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The stuff the guy can play like while talking. Um, I think he's like self-taught too, just like a guy. Um, but there's a tutorial of the actual, like I can, I, I get around the melody a little bit, I guess that was a very bad actually, but there's like an actual tutorial of the, the actual voicings. I mean, and the guy is just, there's like by a professional piano player who can kind of hear that stuff, the actual spacing of the, and the voicings of how he's doing it like that. It's a six, four, one, three ish progression but the the one is a sus one and the five is an add three thing that i'm not clearly not even doing i just really love that melody but um hello everybody uh episode uh whatever it is six seven five four three two one um setting my timer um Today was kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't, it was like a long, kind of a hard day. Um, but just with other stuff kind of spaced out in between. Uh, it's supposed to be, uh, it was a day that I I knew was happening at some point, but um, had just a bunch of studio session stuff back to back. It's my Fridays are, are not always like that. Um, but today was, had a writing session this morning. Uh, went great and had a, uh, had a few side project mix prep things come in um, relatively last minute. So had to fit a record in and then, uh, yeah, like I fit in a, a mix prep of a 14 song album um, for this guy in LA I work for occasionally. Um, and then had a guitar session for song we're recording at church today. Now we're recording a live one on Sunday, cutting vocals for a studio cut tomorrow. Also, that'll be, yeah, that'll be a whole thing. Looking forward to that, but, um, well, not looking forward to it only because that's like the, that's the recording. The vocal is the main thing. And if you do a decent job at it, like meaning mediocre, um, kind of, there goes your song. So, uh, let's see, see how tomorrow goes. We've got the gear. Um, what are we talking about today? I think I have to do a follow-up. There's actually a couple parts of conversations that I want to run back. Uh, talked about clothes and stuff yesterday, I guess. I hope I also, there was like a section in there. I was, I, I hope I didn't come off as like completely arrogant. That is also a tendency perpetually. So maybe that's just whatever it is. I've been accused of being cocky all my life. Maybe some of it, that's true. I'll take that. 
But generally, no, dude. I like know where my limits are. But I, um, yeah, hopefully none of that came off goofy or arrogant. But, um, but we got into, the, I, we, I got into the shoe thing towards the end of that episode, not really expecting to. And it, um, made me realize I could, I could go on, I could talk for a while on shoes. Not that anybody would want to hear that or needs to, but maybe I do a follow-up on just shoe things. Um, yeah, I just like shoes. Um, I think the topic I'm going to get into today, haven't thought about it a ton with the exception of the last 15 years. Ha. Um, I haven't thought about how I would approach this topic today necessarily, but like I haven't, yeah, been putting a ton of intentionality behind, um, exactly here's what the order of what I want to talk about maybe on this, but, um, I think this is another one that I'll probably need a part two. I'm probably going to kind of get into some stuff maybe, and then decide as we get closer to the end of this month that maybe I might, I might run that one back. Um, leadership. Yeah. Leadership stuff. Um, that word words, that word's interesting. Um, yeah, that word is interesting. What does that mean? Uh, I think it has gotten confused over the years with many things also became an industry and I would say the relatively recent in relatively recent human history, whatever, like first, uh, first worldy modern day society. I think that that term is in the, in the way it is used now. It is, it is new. I think obviously the industry is new. The books are new and there's no shortage of them. And I've read a lot of them that are great. Not clearly not a ton, but, um, being in and around church for this long, I've, I've been in leadership in some capacity for most of it. And some, in some settings, just over volunteers and some settings over staff. Um, and in other settings, maybe not directly over staff, but definitely speaking into, um, culture or like major decisions. Um, and, uh, yeah, so maybe we get into some, some leadership stuff. Um, I, yeah, again, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of going to kind of go, I guess. Um, I have done it poorly um, several times. And I, I suppose that goes for anything you try to do. Um, you're not going to get it right. You're not going to, you're actually not going to learn until you fail. And the, the trouble, the hard part about this area is the consequences are grave. They can be, um, meaning you are going to hurt somebody. If uh, you're practicing an instrument, like I was trying to play Coldplay earlier, that was terrible. I don't know why I decided to... I hit record on the computer, and instead of walking to the mic, I saw the piano, and I was like, oh, I need to see if I can get this riff down. It's that sus4 shape that gets me. Um, if you're learning, if you're practicing piano, or you're practicing something, you're trying to get better at something the consequences for not being awesome at it or learning the hard lessons, I mean, maybe generally only affect you. I think this is one of the areas, um, where it doesn't affect you 
learning your lessons in parenting, yes, has grave consequences also. Learning your lessons in marriage also has grave consequences. You know, leadership isn't the only thing. But um, it tends to hurt in a unique way that I've found. Um, I guess all all the hurts are unique to them. You know, parental hurt is unique. Um, relationship hurt is unique. Leadership hurt is unique too. I think just, I think probably because expectations are different. Expectations are high. And I'll say that having been led for whatever reason, um, having been led really well, having been led really poorly, uh, expectations. I think it's where maybe some of that goofiness or the hurt come from is comes from is like my expectations, my expectations of the leader, um, to sort of, to know it all, um, or to have it all together or to have the answers or to be, not human, I think in some ways. And then you sit on the other side of that glass and it, it's goofy when you're, you know, somebody maybe expects that of you and you can feel that and you know that. But I think in general, um, yeah, you're going to hurt somebody learning your lessons of leadership. Um, but as a leader, if I'm, if there's anybody in here leading any, anything, well, let me say this too. You, everybody is a leader whether or not you've been given positional leadership or authority in your company or whatever it is you're doing, that's beside the point. I, I fully believe all of us have responsibility to lead those around us to varying degrees and in whatever capacity. If you have friends, you are somewhat responsible for leading them. And I think that means how you lead yourself. I think it's how you um, communicate. I think it's how maybe you're there for people. I think it's how, yeah, what sort of example you set. Um, But I I think anybody and everybody should and can have position, uh, can have influence um, in in leadership and and leadership with those around them, even if there's not necessarily a a structure for it, like an infrastructure, meaning we all work for the same company and I'm the boss and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But I, yeah, the leadership thing, uh, I, yeah, Everyone is a leader in positional leadership. I don't think in most cases you can be an effective leader and be fully expected to be liked also by the people you're leading. And I think that that's a lesson that is, that one's tough. That that one's a hard one to learn as a leader. So if I'm just talking, if let's just take the next, however, I don't know this next time I'll spend talking to leaders. Okay. Like in in an official capacity. Um, I don't think, um, I don't think you can lead without, uh, being disliked at times. I think you, there are things you can do to exacerbate that, but I do think very much being liked, is going to inhibit your ability to be as effective as you can be. Um, there are ways to still be a, an effective leader and be diplomatic, uh, and I think that's important. But 
I I think I feel like I constantly have to make that negotiation in my own head as to what's more important right now for this decision that's being made. Do I is it better for me to retain relational capital with the person I'm leading? right now based on the weight of this decision or is the the weight of this decision actually um so big that i owe it to my the company in my case it's a church but the quote unquote company that i'm leading to uh be able to put that relationship aside for the moment i have trust and faith that time heals wounds and that relationships um, are also like are fluid and that person hopefully has enough trust in you to be able to take that, that decision that they did not like and divorce it from any personal feelings from you, but that's not always the case. And that maybe over time that can be massaged. And I, I have to be willing as a leader to go through that Valley with them in this season. I'm going to go through this Valley. Like I know we're, we're going to be on sort of at best midterm, like mediocre terms. Um, you're probably not coming over to the house for a little bit. Um, we're probably not doing lunch for a little bit, but I just think this is what best represents what we need in general for all the reasons that I can't quite explain to you right now, either it's financial or whatever. Um, or it's, it's the decision I feel like my, my leader, my, my boss is going to be most behind that's most in line with their vision for where we're heading in this season or whatever. And that's, that's my role is to like dictate those things. Um, am I willing to temporarily sacrifice that, uh, relational aspect? I think, yes, I also have to be a diplomatic enough person to know that that sacrifice is temporary. Meaning the way I handle this decision with that person is not going to leave like lasting hurt. It'll sting for a little bit. Um, the thing that was promised to you can't be promised to you anymore. Or I thought we were, I was hoping to get this, but I couldn't get the money. Um, or yes, we still need to execute that, even though these new tasks have been added that or came in because of surprise, you know, business. It just it happens sometimes. It needs. Um, I have to be able to have enough change in the bank to be able to hopefully execute that, and it's okay. But. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of those lessons actually were learned as a, as an MD, as a musical director on a, on a stage with a band, like totally, absolutely in the moment, navigating what a bunch of creative people want with this moment or with this song or with this transition or with this Sunday or whatever. I mean, again, I don't know. I, yeah, I've probably, I've walked on stage. I calculated it was over a thousand times and plugged in headphones and played music and not all of those I was in charge, but definitely a good chunk of those the team would be looking to me to help to make that decision i'd be running a rehearsal running sound check i'm MDing, then we're going and i mean there's very few things that will put your ability to lead on the spot like MDing six musicians who at to varying one to varying degrees of skill and two to 
diff- to varying degrees of uh, background and what they bring to the table. And you're supposed to, you have this hodgepodge group of musicians that are either volunteers or contractors or whatever, but they all have different backgrounds. And some of them are younger, some of them are older. Some of them, you start talking about maybe an idea and they're totally tracking with you intuition wise. And some, like, you're having to explain there's this band called M83 and the guys from France and there's not really a band. Like, okay, dude, we're going from scratch here. Um, that navigating that thing in the moment on the spot is what I think where is where I've probably learned a vast majority of my leadership because you're in the fire and you need to keep everybody happy. And at at the end, at the end of the day, the goal is that all six of these people have full buy-in on, on the product we're about to put in front of people. Um, have full buy-in on and be and to be excited about this thing even if it wasn't their idea or even more risky the idea they brought in got shot down which happens in a, in a band md setting a guitar player is going to come in with dude i really thought i really think this song this song should go like this i got this cool riff and in the moment there's like you know a thousand permutations of the calculations happening of do i like that thing um, okay, no, I don't like that thing, but I can't say no, I don't like it to all of it because this guitar player has taken L's the last four times he's played. What if we take half of it? And I have to decide which, which half I'm, I'm willing to die on that hill for or not. Um, there's a situation I can remember where there was somebody who just showed up and the skill level just wasn't there. Um, they were playing, I think, Ox Keys and, couldn't quite find it and you know in the moment you kind of go around and, you, and you're sweeping up meaning you're cleaning you're cleaning up chords like hey that's not a five right there that's a six hey it's a double chorus remember when it's a double chorus we hold the one extra long blah 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 you do some of that but then you have to realize that okay this person is absolutely not tracking with though that level of detail i can't move that fast so when everybody on the team knows that that person's not playing the right chords or they're not just with it i'm not going to jump on them for that section here in front of all these people like during this thing we're he me and i me and that guy are going to talk about it afterwards um we're just going to cruise through it i know that half the people on the stage can totally hear that he is just off um but i know that that's not just a a fixable issue right now i know that that's not like a a thing that can just be quickly adjusted it's like no actually you don't really have a handle on this key of song you're not great in b flat which i'm not either but um i I think all those lessons apply to leadership um bringing people along um getting buy-in easier said than done but i yeah back to the maybe organizational leadership stuff you gotta be okay being disliked hopefully it's temporary there are times where it's not i have unfortunately been in the position where I've had to let people go. Um, and, um, not, yeah, not awesome. And, you know, it's been over the years across organizations. Um, not a, not a huge number, but not a small number. I've had to sit and have that meeting with some of them saw it coming. Some of them were happy, some of them absolutely not. Um, I can probably name a few people I know that are that that on that probably hate me. I, I know I have some active haters out there. 
Um, and uh, such is the price, I guess, of of having to lead and use your own judgment for what you think is best moving forward. Um, are those staffing dollars equating to the most benefit? And you generally know pretty immediately. You generally know. You generally know, like out of the gate, that what whatever the answer is. Um, I think with leadership, I think what's helped me be successful. I guess I can't. I'm. I can't talk for like all levels of leadership stuff. But for me, um, being involved has been helpful. Meaning, I don't, I'm not generally just handing out marching orders and then like never around. I do have to keep my distance at times because my tendency is to baby situations. Um, meaning I'll come in and I will answer everyone's questions. And that is a feature and a fault. Uh, a feature because that it, there is a level of presence there. There is a level of involvement. There's a level of like, okay, this person at least cares and, or at least sort of knows what's happening in my world um, and cares enough to be able to maybe help make a decision but there are there are plenty of times where I'm just absolutely not allowing people to grow and make their own decisions um, and fail in their own decisions because that failure is going to reflect on me and I have to sort of answer for it. And there are times where I, yeah, I totally I just, I'm going to let that go because I know it's the wrong thing. I just it's not worth me guarding you from that L. You need to take that L on your own. Um, so we can debrief later about it and hopefully you've learned a lesson, but you know, there's that thing, but I, that is a tendency of mine is to like fix it. I'm going to pick it up, put it on my back and that has been good, but it'll, it's also been bad, but, um, it's also, but yeah, it's a bad thing when I'm too involved sometimes. Cause I, yeah, I am opinionated too about certain things. Like I, I kind of want to convince myself that I, can let others lead and be like completely diplomatic about it. But there are, there are probably too many things that I put in the category of important where I know other leaders wouldn't, they would, there is a, there is a category of, of important, but that circle is small where mine is like probably too big. Like everything is sort of important and there are fewer things on the outside ring of not as important. Um, ah, you know, whatever. I, that's just me, I guess. I'm learning to grow in that, but um, it's also what makes me me, I think, is better tomorrow than yesterday. Always, always up and to the right, have to be. Um, consistency is key. Nothing can replace momentum. Um, celebrate the wins. If it's a team win, it also has to be a team loss. That is, uh, another pitfall potentially is, you know, if you're, if you're working on a team or with a team or leading a team, it, it's not always like this, but if the whole team gets celebrated and when there's a win, the whole team has to take the L too. What will end up happening is, uh, the whole team will take the win while wow, we did it. Amazing high fives. And then when it's like, what the blankety happened, you got to somebody, you got to blame one person. 
And a lot of times it is just true. It's just simply true. Yeah. Like one person messed up on a thing, didn't, wasn't diligent about whatever, checking something or uh, whatever. Um, or didn't do the, yeah, didn't do their job. Um, and if the whole team is taking the dub, the whole team needs to take the L. Um, I don't know. I think, I think quite a bit more is gonna, when I'm less tired, will probably come to my head, uh, on the leadership topic. Uh, yeah, cause there's, there's quite a bit. I've been having some interesting conversations with some folks, uh, lately. I'm seeing, I'm trying to look for this note, uh, that I've been taking just with the leadership talks I've been having, having with the guy. Um, and we've had some, he's had some zingers. Uh, growth is more like a jungle than a garden. He said he got that from somewhere. I don't remember exactly what he said. And maybe if you're listening, you know. Um, but that one's good. Meaning, uh, you can. That one's pretty obvious. I think growth. You want growth to grow exactly in perfect lines with clean hedges, and exactly in the form that you're expecting. And most of the time, it's more like a jungle, which is just wild and up and down and left and right. It's still growth, and you wanted a growth. You wanted it to go yeah, to develop and to grow. Um, but it didn't, yeah, it didn't grow pre-mode. It grows wild. And I think that is true. I think I've seen that is as teams or team output or, um, things we're doing grows, it, it also gets, you know, mangier. Uh, but that's okay. I think that's, that's part of it. I think it's part of our job is to do the trimming then, right? Do the work, um, figure it out. Um, enthusiasm is a bad substitution for wisdom. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, we will tend to replace wisdom with enthusiasm, meaning the the person or the idea that has the most enthusiasm behind it isn't always the wisest one. Um, feel like that one's maybe applicable only in certain settings, but I'm a three, four in the Enneagram. I'm an IS on the disc, uh, which, uh, means from the last I remember sort of digging into that, um, means I lead out of influence primarily. Like I, I'm not. I would say I've, for most of my adult years, have found myself in a position of leadership and not all of it has be, been because um, out of a position. I think it is out of influence. I find myself um, in a position that, to, uh, to be influential and I, and I think it's because, I, I don't, I actually don't know exactly I think it's just a wiring. I, there's a reason. I mean, the disc test can kind of dig deep on some of that stuff too. But um, I th you got to take care of yourself first. And that, so I, uh, I feel like all those who are influential, like who, who lead out of influence, not just because the paper says they're my boss, but because I have influence, um, it, it is because there's a level of personal growth that comes with it. I think there's a level 
of respect, of of predisposed respect for the person. I, and this is part of my like therapy journey. Totally, like I went back and kind of dug in, and um, I was not respected as a kid. This was my perception. I didn't respect myself. Um, I didn't like myself, and there was a version of me that I put into the castle. I guess there's like a there's a therapist term. Um, there's a therapist analogy for like we all have a castle or whatever, and there's different rooms, and there's upstairs, and there's a basement, and there's like a, a dungeon basement that has a cage on it. And I like put, <laughs> I put like eight year old me in that, and I needed to go make peace with that kid in terms, make term, come to terms with him. Um, and that version of me is the one right before I discovered that instruments, playing an instrument got me respect. Um, and I, yeah, at a young age, I discovered if I got good at something, it got me, it bought me social capital for better, for worse. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not, not, certainly not saying that's the way to do things. I'm just, uh, that's what happened. That's how, that's how it went. Um, I, I couldn't find, um, respect or any, or I couldn't garner social capital in any, any other way. Um, so you had to find it in, you only had two options, either be good at something or be funny, you know, and, um, or be mean. Oof. There's some of those kids, but I picked up music, um, and I kind of just rode that train. Like I got good at drums and I think for me, that was always the door into to leading to leading out of influence. I think I gained influence with people because there was a predisposed level of respect for a skill that I had learned or gained. If whether or not I learned that skill out of the right motivations is one thing. And it's not like I I was I played drums and I only only got good just because I needed people to like me. It's like no, I you know you fall in love with the thing and you become passionate about it. And I do like really love playing an instrument or playing drums or whatever. But, um, but I think, you know, if you can, if you can gain a level of respect in a thing, you will earn respect across multiple spectrums, sort of the Manny Pacquiao thing. He's like really good at boxing. And all of a sudden he's a governor and a pastor, you know, third world countries are funny like that. They'll give you everything if you're good at one thing. Um, but it is kind of that, thing you know you, you kind of you gain a skill in one area and earn influence in, in others but um i don't know if any of that's advice at all I'm, I'm just yapping at this point but um leadership stuff i i probably will run this one back let me let me dig back through my years of um, failures and we can kind of dig into that um it's actually taken quite a bit within me to not open up the Jordan Peterson can because uh, that's probably going to be um, a heavy influence on the leadership talk. Um, I mean, he's got some theory. Uh, yeah, he's got some zingers too, one-liners that have been helpful, but I'll probably end up doing a couple episodes just on JBP. I've seen the man uh, twice live. I would say he's probably the single most influential um, thinker, I would probably call him a leader in my 
sphere um, that he's probably the most influential leader I've I've ever had and never met. Um, but I've heard him speak more than I probably have heard my own family talk. I mean, just the sheer amount. <laughs> he's a lot of podcasts out, but um, his books and I mean, he. Yeah, I've listened to about 20 hours of the 30 hour biblical lecture podcast. It's a biblical series and it's just him going through like a tiny portion of the Old Testament and it's the most mind-blowing stuff ever. But yeah, maybe when I dig back into leadership stuff, I'll end up having to reference him in that. But that's all I got. Bye. Bye.